In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Temptation is not something we really know as children. And the reason why is because sin is not something that we can grasp. Sin is not something that we understand. Because in order to know and to be responsible for sin, we have to know what we're doing. We have to know the gravity of it in order to be able to take the responsibility. And we have to know not just what it is, but we have to have our full free will involved. And that's not something we get until we get a little bit older. And as we grow older, we recognize we can be torn between the choice of what is good and what is not good. And knowing this, as we get older, as we gradually grasp this concept of temptation and sin, we know that no one turns into a great sinner overnight. And so, because as kids, first we regard sin or anything bad, we regard it with, with almost horror. We regard it as something fearful. We regard it as something we promise we will never do. And that's a good thing. That's from our innocence. And let's say we do something wrong. We do anything to make things right, to repair the relationship, to make up for it. Or even we hide because we're afraid to get caught. And I think that's a good thing. It's part of our human innocence. That as children, we're afraid of what's wrong. However, if we get older and we continue to endure in sin, we make it habitual. We make it something that we do as a common part of our life and do nothing about it. We can lose this sensation. We can lose this feeling of feeling that we did something wrong. A guilt, per se. Shame is different than guilt. But I'm talking about not feeling good when, when something that we did was wrong. It could get to a point where we almost feel nothing. And that's not a good place to reach. right? The goal is not to feel nothing. I know it... it it hurts because we fail and we, we make mistakes pretty often. But doing good should feel good, and doing bad shouldn't feel good. It could get even worse to the point where when we do something wrong, we actually feel good about it. And this is what St. Paul, in the reading today, he's telling the people of Ephesus to avoid becoming like this. Because why? What happens in sin? What is the reality that happens? Not just physically, but spiritually. What is happening to our soul then? What happens is the life of God, the relationship between us and God, the life of God between us and Him, it dies. Our relationships with others is broken and hurt. Sin makes us unhappy. Sin leaves us in confusion. It darkens our minds. It makes things unclear. And 
this reality among many more, it is devastating. It is tragic to hear that the life of God in our souls is dead. That is devastating. That is tragic. And this is exactly what Christ came to rescue us from, to bring us back to life. Here, St. Paul is warning these Christians, don't become so hard-hearted. Don't become so callous where your consciences don't feel the great tragedy of sin. He says, don't live like this anymore. But the beautiful thing about the hope that Christ gives us is that along with this tragedy and death of sin, which is born of temptation, yes, it's always coupled with the hope of being alive again by the mercy and the love of God, of course. So as we know, temptation exists. And Jesus, today, on this, we celebrate in our church the first week and the first day of Lent. Whereas in the Roman Catholic Church, they, they would begin their season of fasting on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. We begin our, our Soma, our Lent, today. And so we, see, we read in the scriptures, Jesus goes into the desert to be tempted. And who is he led into the desert by? Not the devil. He's led into the wilderness by the Spirit. He's led into the desert by the Holy Spirit. And it says to be tempted by the devil. It almost seems as the Spirit is leading him to be tempted. When someone is led by the Spirit of God, it's usually to be led to do something good. But here, it's almost suggested that this temptation that happens is willed by God. And it seems bizarre because for us, we're trying not to be led into temptation. After all, that's what the prayer Jesus taught us, right? Lead us not into temptation. And here it seems like by the Spirit of God, Jesus is led to be tempted. What's going on here? I think here in this situation where Jesus is tempted three times, of course we know Jesus is perfect in His humanity and He's perfect in His his divinity. He's like us in all things except sin. Here, temptation is not meant to make Jesus sin. Here, this word for temptation is not meant to make us sin. Temptation is normal. It happens to us human beings. But here, temptation is meant to enable us to conquer sin. To be able to choose what is good. Temptation is not meant to make us bad. It's meant to make us good. Temptation is not meant to weaken us. Temptation is actually meant to help us to emerge stronger from the temptation and purer from how we were before. People think it's something very normal to sin. Sin, I would say, is very common. Do you think sin is common? Yes, absolutely. Do you think it's normal to sin? 
There's a difference. Something being common, something being frequent, something that is a pattern that's seen among humanity, yes. But something normal? I don't think sin is normal. Sin is, no, sin is common in humanity, but it doesn't belong to humanity. Actually, sin makes us less human. And I think this lie that sin is normal has entered and seeped into our mentality and into our thinking. Because let's say someone lies. It's not like I murdered somebody. Everybody lies, right? Everybody lies from time to time. And so we begin to believe that just because there's a pattern or that it's common, that sin is normal. And that's false. If we continue to gossip, if we endure in gossip, we'll say, it's not like I lied. I'm telling the truth. And as we continue and continue, we believe that what is common becomes normal. If we endure in resentment, unforgiveness, drunkenness, impurity, serving our lustful passions, getting revenge, and so much more, we almost begin to believe that sin is normal. But my friends, sin is not normal. Sin doesn't make us more human. It makes us less human. Because it, why? Because it makes us less happy. It makes us more divided. And it makes us more miserable. Because it makes us less than who we are called to be. If you're thinking today, Father Peter, I came to church today to hear the homily, receive communion, and go home. Why are you coming at me like this? The reason why I'm telling you this is because God, in the book of Isaiah, He talks to Isaiah. And what does God tell Isaiah to tell His people? He says, declare to my people their transgression. God tells Isaiah, tell my people their sin. And why does God tell the people in Isaiah's time to do that? Because these people, they had a desire to seek God. They had a desire to know God. They were moving in a direction that they thought was closer to God. They were even fasting, which all of us are about to do, hopefully. But you know what they were doing while they were fasting? Anybody that worked for them, they were oppressing them, treating them badly. Anytime they had the opportunity, they would start fights. They, at the same time, were seeking their own pleasures. All the while, they thought they were getting closer to God. They said, we're fasting. But they're enduring, enduring in their sin, thinking they're, they're doing something good. God is telling Isaiah to tell his people that this type of living won't allow your voice or your fasting to be received by God. Instead, God clarifies that your fasting... 
that your good works, that your fasting, your prayer, and your efforts to move towards God is supposed to be, make you delight and make you be happy in doing what is good. It's to lead you to break the cycles of sin that we're continuously doing. It's supposed to break the cycles of selfishness, the self-seeking behavior, and lead us to live our life guided by love and acts of charity. That is the way that our fasting, our prayer, and our almsgiving, and our movement towards God will be heard, seen, and recognized. And so as we begin this season of Lent, Soma, and as we begin the season of fasting, we have to begin to say to ourselves, I fast, I pray, and I give alms. Why? Because I am a sinner. And sometimes when I sin, I delight in what I'm doing and I now want to turn my life around so that I can do what is good. And this is the order of medicine that God has given me to retrieve again the innocence that I've lost. That is the reason, this is the purpose of this season of Lent and really the whole story of Christianity. I fast I pray and I give alms because I am a sinner and because I see my sin as something abnormal and I see it as the cause of my misery and my confusion, that is why I do what I do. And so today, we say we enter into this desert with Jesus, not surprised when temptation comes. We enter into this desert with Jesus to die to our sins in Lent and to come out of Lent rejoicing and resurrected with the resurrected Christ. Amen.